Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Runner's World podcast with me, Ben Hobson. And me, Kieran Alger. Uh, this week, we are joined by Eddie Brocklesby, founder of Silverfit. I started at about 50. Um, I went up to Nottingham University area and the half marathon or the marathon was around Nottingham and that sort of an area. Um, I came back from that marathon and said to my husband, I'd love to have a go at the half marathon. And he said you couldn't even run three or four miles into Northampton. And I think it was that challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a pleasure to have you step into the fold, Mr Alger. Uh, thank you for having me on. Especially as the uh, the absence of Rick is because he's officially become a father. Congratulations, Rick. Exactly. So an extended congratulations to the whole Pearson family for such wonderful news. Um, it's not often that I get you for a non-tech chat. I know, I feel so honoured. <laughs> I feel like this is a great occasion for me and for Rick. And for running. <laughs> and for running, yeah. Um, how's your running? What's been going on? My running's great. I've, um, I'm training at the moment for Tokyo, no, London via Tokyo. So I'm going to do the Tokyo Marathon to get my six stars. And then I'm going to try and try and try and run a fast marathon in London. Nice. Um, but I had a bit of a cold, so I'm doing that thing where it's, the weeks are squashing. It's going to be like a 10-week training it's program. Fine. It's just about bending time. Exactly. It works, yeah. doesn't marathon it? Marathon training is yeah. just about bending time. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and completing it is also about bending time. So, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be able to, uh, to beat my PB in London. Which is sub three. Sub three. I need to do two fifty-seven oh three. It's quick enough. It is it's quick enough. Scary quick. Well, you know, now with all the news about carbon plates and and what's going to be allowed or not, you know, you're going to have to. I need some fa- eight percenters. You're going to f- fashion some of your own. <laughs> well, you know, they won't know if I've snuck an extra plate in there. Will they? I know it's only supposed to be one, but true. I could just carve a couple open. Yeah. Well, why not? You know, I'd like to see how your experiment gets on. We'll see. We'll test. All right. Perfect. Well, let's get our guest on. Guest of the week. Eddie Brocklesby is an author and the CEO and founder of Silverfit, an organisation set up to encourage lifelong fitness through affordable physical activity and at the same time combat social isolation, improve older people's quality of life and also save the NHS and social care money. She joins us today to explain why you're never too old to become a runner. Welcome, Eddie, to the Runners World podcast. Thank you. You are the UK's most senior Ironman athlete. I love the word senior. Yes. Well, I mean, this is Old. it. So this is this is probably maybe one of the main things, maybe one of the obstacles with tackling this whole subject. People refer to the the elder generation, old people. How does I'm seventy six and I'm old. Right. Got it. Um, you're also an author. I am. Yes. Of yeah. Iron Gran. Yeah. 
sort of detailing your journey through your fitness. To go back to the beginning, how did you get into running? I started at about 50. Um, I went up to Nottingham University area. I'd been at Nottingham with my husband. Um, and the half marathon or the marathon was around Nottingham and that sort of an area. Um, I came back from that marathon and said to my husband, I'd love to have a go at the half marathon. And he said, you couldn't even run three or four miles into Northampton. And I think it was that challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Lay down the gauntlet. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think there's nothing like a challenge from a loved one to really motivate yeah, exactly. you yes. to go forward. <laughs> How did you get into the training then as you approached the half marathon? What did you look? I had 12 weeks um, and so with a friend um, we sort of followed a slight programme I think of steadily increasing it and and I really began to enjoy running out and being in the fresh air and the countryside and yeah absolutely loved the training. Um, Wasn't sure that I'd be able to run a full half marathon but I did. (laughs) Were you much of a sort of walker or a hiker beforehand? Was this sort of just or was this completely new to you? No completely new. Um, I'd done no sport really um a tiny bit of squash um earlier on and a bit of netball when i was sort of 20ish but nothing after that um that's that's a decent gap so was it was <laughs> yeah. it intimidating taking that first step it was fun i enjoyed it um i yes it was a gap but i wasn't really conscious of that at all um no and off the back of this sort of this newfound adventure into running you you set up silverfit Oh, that was a long time later. But yes, um, I was the member of a small running club Mm. up in Nottinghamshire. And when my husband died, um, they were just so supportive. Um, You know, you could run with them, you could talk if you wanted to and not if you didn't. Um, So I found that a very valuable experience, far better than sort of the psychotherapy that I signed up for at the same time. Um, And so, yes, I think that's what kept me going. But that small running club had one place in London Marathon, which they gave to me. So I think that's when the serious training started. Sure does. (laughs) I think we've had... um We've had a lot of guests on previously who've talked about sort of mental health, wellness from running, bereaved people who've suffered bereavement, um, illness, all those sorts of things. Did you find, were you already uh, finding running to be hugely beneficial before your husband died and then it just sort of snowballed from there? It was a very small time, um, oh. only a year or so, so I don't think I had fully appreciated that. But no, I think in terms of the just the well-being, I agree. Um it's a great experience whether you're with a little group or a big club or you're on your own. I think you always feel better after yeah. after a run. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so back to, to Silverfit, how did that come about? So- That's quite a long history. I was running an adoption agency. I've been a social worker for nearly 50 years um, and we had set up trail marathon runs down the Lee Valley ending up at the Olymp- what became the Olympic Park. So we actually watched with five to go, four to go down to one to go and the and the Olympics and then sort of stopped and the group of us that had helped get that um, run together the trail run um, started to look at where we could make a difference recognize that it was with our aging population and that's the beginning of Silverfit in 2013 Um, and we started in Hyde Park um, with some Nordic walking and then moved to well increased to Burgess Park in Southwark which is probably one of the bigger ones and now we're in 17 different venues in London. Wow that's amazing. <laughs> and do you think there's been a, a change in the attitude to what people believe you can do at any age now? Have you seen that happen in the last kind of five years? 
I hope so. Um, you know, I think age shouldn't be a barrier. Um, and having fun and making it sociable is absolutely key in my view. Yeah, I think one of the, the key pillars of Philfit is it, it's about being active. It's not necessarily, I mean, you're a passionate runner, but it's not about getting people running. It's about just being active, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what we have is a social sandwich, we call it, where people meet up socially. Then they do an hour of physical activity of varying sorts. You know, Bollywood fitness is popular. Nice. <laughs> Silver cheerleading. Yeah. <laughs> but And then socialising again after. And I think that's the key bit. That's what keeps people coming. Mm. I guess because social isolation is such a sort of important, well, so it's certainly a a big issue for older generations. Yes, it's a huge issue. Um, and I think anything we can do to make it more sociable and fun for people to come, the more likely they are to keep coming. And that's also valuable in terms of health and an ageing population is that they stay active, not just <laughs> a one-month blitz in January. <laughs> Which is how everyone does it, yeah. In terms of sort of overall confidence and socialisation, if, you know, if you've been isolated for a while going back out and building up that confidence to get out there. How have you seen that happen in kind of real time with the with the groups that you Oh, many, many times, yes. I mean we actually keep very good data in Silverfit and we do a review after a year and, you know, people will say that it's got them out, it's made new friends, which is vital, isn't it? Um, so that they've met in other circumstances, you know, and gone out together for a nice long walk or even a jog. <laughs> so it goes as even extending beyond the the organized events oh, in the group. Absolutely, yeah. yes. And yeah. It's it's about finding something that people enjoy doing together um, as an option. Of, I mean, I can remember meeting friends every Tuesday morning at seven o'clock and if you're going for a run in Battersea Park and if you weren't going to meet them, you probably wouldn't have got out of bed that morning. You know? yeah. <laughs> I think this is it. Um, you, you talked about being a social worker for, for your career. Um, I, did you ever find that being active was part of the care and help that you were giving then? Is that Did that sort of cross over in the work that you were doing at any point? I don't think we fully appreciated the benefits of physical activity for ageing um, yeah. until more recently. Um, now we know the impact on the brain, on the body and, you know, the recovery from surgery, all of those factors mm. that being physically active... At, you know, at any level, whether you're walking or jogging or actually running, is hugely beneficial. And does that, do you work, then work with GPs and other kind of health services to, like, for social prescribing so that you have, so you're kind of supporting what we're now sort of coming to understand is a, is a really useful thing to to treat many different conditions. Yes, we we have Sport England have actually funded us for well-being advisors um which is which is great so they would be in a GP practice able to spend a bit longer with people than the GP's time limit um and you know helping them signposting them to be more physically active and I mean I'm quite fascinated by you kind of see it all generations when you sort of the light bulb comes on mm. when someone starts to get more active and there's a there's like a eureka moment that this is more than just me trying to burn calories or get get fit. There's another sort of switch. And you must see that all the time now. Yeah. I mean, the average age in Silverfoot is 68. So seeing that benefit at that age and ageing more healthily um, is so vital. I mean, yeah, the, the lack of falling over, of course, is one of the, the big ones that can lead to a dependence rather than independence. And that's another factor. Um, you guys are making it. Uh, 
financially viable for people who don't have an income anymore and who are sort of either living on a pension or you know government money or however however they're making their money so how does it how do you sort of because we talk about running being available for all but at the same time running shoes cost upwards of so much money so how do you guys approach sort of making it achievable for others to join in we have to get funding externally in order to keep the price as low as possible um on average it's about three pound which certainly doesn't cover the full costs of a professional instructor in every situation you know with people with that average age that's important have a proudest moment so far i think two things um i mean finishing an iron man in vichy was a, a high point having failed to do one <laughs> in, <laughs> in lanzarote the previous i had done i succeeded in lanzarote iron man before that but then failed and yeah to actually succeed again was quite important i think the other thing was getting the british empire medal um being presented at the um windsor no tower of london sorry um with that for my services for healthy aging and you think yeah I was really proud of that sure well it's a kind of a note that you know all the all the time and effort off off mark a minute ago we were talking about your current week and the hours that you have for for the charity and for training why don't you just just break down how that's going for you at the moment well, it's going to change because right. we're looking at different models for Silverfit and how we expand. Um, yeah. We've clearly got the right recipe. You know, we're run by older people primarily, and I think that's another important factor. So I'm really keen that we do expand further. But the model with which we do that and the, we're looking at whether we become a subsidiary charity or... You know, TSB have very generously given me their community award. Um, so they're going to work with us as well for the next year, which will be fun. And if I'm sat listening to this, how do I get involved? What do I, where would I find a way to, to, to get involved with Silverfoot? I think if you look on the website, um, that does list all the venues and all the programmes that we're offering and the different activities in different venues. Um, I think we need to do more about helping people to train, running a few sessions of helping people train to do part run. Um, you know, I, a part run is brilliant, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic. But I think there's a sort of lack of confidence of people to actually go, even though I know part run are brilliant, you know, you can walk, jog it, can't you? But yeah. I think the, the confidence of older people to go along needs to be raised. So I think we ought to be doing something more about that. Do you, do you think that older people feel that that's their environment or naturally, do you know, do you sort of talk about confidence to arrive, but does it feel like a natural step to turn up to a park run or sign up for a half marathon? <laughs> for me, it does. <laughs> yes, no. And I mean, I think that's been brilliant about the big half. Um, we've got community places in the big half that, you know, we've still actually got a few with a quite near deadline to sign up. Um, so I think that's been brilliant to see people Nordic walking the big half. Um, it's got a very generous four hour cutoff. And uh, I think that's great to see. We had a lot of silver fitters actually doing the big half and, you know, never dreamt that they'd be able yeah. to do half a marathon right it's great it is really good i think on the parkrun side of things we've had a lot of um i've spoken to a lot of people who've, who've, who've taken their parents along i think that's a great way of introducing it even susie chan who's a very uh, popular ultra runner she took her dad along for the first time last year on the sort of i think in the in the prize like sort of just even demonstrating the thing that she was doing every saturday like this is what i'm doing this is come and experience what it is and just how immediately they you know they, it's not just a one-off it's oh i want to go back 
And it's sociable again, isn't it? Um, You know, my number, (laughs) many people have got numbers with about six or eight digits. Mine's only three. Ah, there we go. (laughs) So I do go back to the beginning in Bushy Park, or nearly the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, wow. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. When was the first one? 15 years, 14 years ago? Yeah, it was a while now. Mm. It's amazing. It's such a, it's, I mean, it's talking about, Kieran mentioned the social prescribed thing and how that that's, I read, this, I think it was today, I read a stat about so 1,500 GPs have yeah. have been using it so far as, yeah. a, as, a, as a... Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hugely beneficial, huge impact that it's having. And it just makes so much sense on so many levels. Like you said, it's not just yeah. about getting the muscles moving, but yeah. those times when you're arriving, having conversations, being out of the house, feeling yeah. like you're part of something and you, mm. the motivation, the knock-on effect mm. for the rest of the day and the weekend and the week. Yep. <laughs> All of those things, you know, yeah. building, it's it's a yeah. it's part, part Brilliant. of a foundation, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Eddie, what, what's next? What's next for you? Um, I'm doing the Outlaw 70.3 really as a sort of training thing um, for the big one, July, the, is it 5th, 6th, the Ironman in Austria. So. There we go, wow. <laughs> With my coaching programme from Annie Emerson. Um, <laughs> and I'm having to conform. <laughs> And he's great, though. <laughs> yes. Oh, fantastic. She's a brilliant runner herself. And you probably know her target to be 50 and do yeah. 250. Oh. <laughs> that's incredible. That is amazing. <laughs> oh, that's the, well, good luck with that. I hope the training is going well. I hope so, too. It's the swimming. It's all about the swimming for me. Um, oh, yes. It's glad to hear that doesn't change. <laughs> no, that's, that's, the swim is always yeah. seemingly the most uh, sort of difficult bit for everyone, I think. Yeah. 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 And it's a fairly generous cut-off time for the, the once you're actually onto the run and you've made it. Instead of in Maastricht, I was four minutes late off the bike, 10 hours and four minutes, and they wouldn't let me run. <laughs> oh, it's cruel. It's really cruel, cruel really cruel. Um, Eddie, thank you so much for joining us um, and explaining more about Silverfit and uh, all the best for the next year. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
Blank. We're talking tech, talking tech with Kieran Naga. Talking tech. He's an awesome ultra runner. Talking tech. Talking tech. He's very charming. Talking tech. Knows his polar from his garment. Talking tech. So for our sort of monthly dose of everything technologically brilliant, you're you're here, which is great. It's tech time. I am still able to put the tech hat on, which is good. Yeah, it's good. I, I feel like I should introduce myself again, but again, in a different persona, <laughs> a different voice. Technology, I Kieran. Be many different people. All right, good. Tech people and geek, geek Kieran and non-geek Kieran. Right, but there actually, is the one and the same. They are pretty much. Yeah, there's no difference. I mean, this month there's only one. There's one big sort of tech story. You all know about it. It's yeah. about those shoes. Yeah. Um, and I, I've looked at this and, you know, it's basically so uh, Brooks have also brought out another carbon plate shoe yeah. very recently. And I think I've come across a new angle. I'm normally all for the tech. You know, I support the tech. I think we should be using it to improve ourselves. But I think there's a there's a debate here that's sort of been missing out of the should this be these shoes be allowed to enhance performance or not. And that's about the environment. Yeah. And obviously in the current issue of Runners World, we've been talking a lot about um, kind of eco issues around running. Yes. And one of the things, the Brooks shoes at their announcement said that they would last in their best form for 50 to 100 miles. Yeah. That's very, very few miles. Yes, it is. For the money, but also, yeah. I think, interestingly, for the environment. Yeah. The the next percent and the vapor flies have a similar sort of level of performance. Yeah. So what I've, you know, I wrote a feature recently about eco shoes and trying to change the kind of wastefulness of, of running shoes and the you know petroleum plastics that are going into the shoes that are sort of potentially damaging to the environment and my argument in this world now is that actually is it okay for us to be essentially using throwaway shoes like that that only last for such a short period of time in order to run a slightly quicker marathon yeah and i get for the elites if you're Kipchoge and you're going to, you know, there are a few people who are doing this in order to to be at one level. But I think as you look at things like the Next Percent and Brooks and Hoka and everyone coming on with these shoes that are slightly less durable, arguably, that mass adoption could be a problem. One of the major things with it is the carbon plate because it's so difficult to do anything with carbon fibre. Yeah. And, and these... In a recycling sense... And, and looking at, you know, I, I delve right into the sort of different materials that were used for, for different shoes. And the truth of it is that we're at a point where most of the eco materials that might be uh, more natural, natural, biodegradable, non-plastic based aren't quite as durable or the performance um, features aren't quite there yet. Mm. So, you know, you've got shoes that are made of more components and there are things in them that don't break down, don't biodegrade. Now, it's something like 300 million pairs of shoes are heading or in the in the bin every every year in the UK alone, and the majority of those go to landfill. Yeah. So do we really need to be adding more to that for in a, a shorter for space a PB. Of time for a PB? And mm. I, I think we, you know, it's I love a PB, Ben. You know that. Yeah, <laughs> we all do. Yeah. But I think you've got to you've you've got to look at it long and hard. I think now and think should I should I be asking for more from a the manufacturers and b of, of yourself to see whether you whether you want to buy those shoes or not. That's true. Um. You know, there's a there's a caveat to some of this. You know, they say sort of 50 to 100 miles, and it's not like those shoes fall apart when you reach 100 miles. They do still work. They might not be working optimally. Yeah. So there is there is a caveat to that. And then I think what's really interesting is I came across a bunch of brands who are actually doing something to to change the way that we approach shoe manufacture yes. and our shoe usage. So and I've I've highlighted I've sort of picked out three 
three things here. So one really interesting stat is that the end of life, so what happens to your shoes when you sort of throw them away, is only 5% of the overall carbon footprint. And the, the you know the main heft of the of the eco kind of um, impact comes from manufacturing. Yeah. So shoes that last longer are better, right? So yeah. that's one one thing. So if you can squeeze another three months out of your shoes, that's like a twenty five percent drop in the overall footprint, your impact on the planet of having a new pair of shoes. So yeah. We make shoes that last longer. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it. I've nailed it. So is this is this sort of shoes that last longer than the sort of, you know, the 300 to 500 mile benchmark kind yeah. of stuff? Right. Yeah. So, all, you know, if, if all shoes, you'll get a 25% benefit. So even if the even if the next percent, you could make them last three months longer, you get an extra 25% benefit for the for the planet. Yeah. So one of the people, one of the brands who's look, looked at this quite closely are, are Innovate. And rather than changing the materials that the shoe's made for from to be non-petroleum based yeah. or more biodegradable, more eco-friendly. They're coating their shoes in graphene so yeah. that they last longer. They're 50% more durable than previous outsoles. Um, obviously, Innovate is a brand that deals very much with sort of trails and and kind of rugged, the most demanding kind of area that a shoe would be in. Mm. And so that's one innovation that we could look at, which is really good. So the G-Series shoes from Innovate are interesting, I think, from that point of view, yeah. trying to make them last longer. The other thing that you can do is cut the number of components in a shoe. So the the fewer components, the fewer different materials, the overall the footprint reduces. Yeah. And they're easier to break down, easier to recycle, arguably if you're using the right kind of materials in there. And Vivo Barefoot are looking at that. They've got a, a shoe called the Primus Light Bio 2. Mm. Now, this is it's a 70% plant-based shoe. So much of the materials used come from plant-based. Um, corn, natural rubber, algae. But crucially, there's 10% less material overall. So you're using less as well as using different materials. Yeah. And then finally, I think is another way of looking at this, tackling this problem around shoes is the Futurecraft Loop 2 from Adidas. Yeah, this is nice. And they're shoes that are made from one material, uh, TPU. It's the TPU foam that you get in, that's the, the boost foam is made from. Mm. And the whole shoe is made from that material. And then that, because it's one material, can all be ground down and then repurposed to, to be reborn as a brand new shoe. Yeah. The only caveat with that is that you do have to add some virgin plastics into that, so right. some virgin TPU. So it's not completely old material, and there's some eco footprint that goes with, with doing that. And I think you know the one thing with this all of this sort of technology is evolving. There's arguments over whether or not you should be have a we should go to a post petroleum future where no no materials are from from plastics or petroleum based yeah. manufacturing. On the other, on the flip side, so there's lots of arguments to say that all of the natural materials that are created are not necessarily environmentally friendly just because they're natural the process can be more demanding on the planet it's that age-old prius prius argument about the battery right it's you know the car itself and and emissions and all that is fine but to mine the copper or something that's in the battery is super damaging and stuff like that it's all really complicated yeah and i think you know going back to the earlier point the one thing that i think you can do we can all do is try and make our shoes last a little bit longer right we don't i've i've asked around where does the 300 to 500 mile recommendation come from in terms of when your shoes wear out the compression of the sole foam but put them on do they feel like they're they're not running as well then maybe change them if not maybe not I can't say any. There's been a huge difference in pulling on a shoe that I definitely know I've run a lot of miles in and being like, oh, these. Unless there's a hole in them, but I've never got to that stage. I know some people are super proud of having a shoe with, you know, with their toe poking out the front, and yeah. that's the kind of like the benchmark of when a shoe is done. Yeah. 
I guess that if it's not damaging you in any way, then yeah. okay, sure. I think if it doesn't feel really odd and you're not actually really aware of the fact that something's happening, then probably nothing is, you know, you're yeah. and, and you're going to be fine. So it's just really, for me, from a tech point of view, I'm, I'm normally all for new stuff, but I think there's a point at which we, we now have to flip the... Flip. We have to be responsible. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. That's made us feel, feel better about running from an environmental point of view. Yeah, so you've got anything brand new. There's <laughs> some new stuff that yeah, you should buy. Exactly. No, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I always like to bring you at least sort of one new thing on here. And I recently, I was lucky enough to, to head over to the Under Armour HQ mm. in Baltimore. And they've got a fantastic, all of the big brands have a lab set up where, they, yeah. where they've got elves in there making brilliant new sort of running innovations. And I've, we had a look around and I came back with two things. I don't normally get excited about fabrics and clothes. No, it's, it's But true. I am. I'm excited right, right now <laughs> because... There's two there's two fabrics that I saw in this kind of blew my mind actually and they're two two new products. There's something called the Breeze Tea. Okay. Now sweat wicking claims are ten a penny, right? There's every every bit of clothing says that it gets rid of the sweat faster. But this tea is a, a collaboration with Gore-Tex, and you know those guys are the kings of waterproof. But they've helped create a, a special type of fiber that's called EPTFE. Right. Right. Hold on, that's expanded polytetrafluoroethylene. That sounds environmentally great. <laughs> it sounds like it's brilliant for the planet. Um, but what this does, it's it's super quick drying. And it, the claim is that this T-shirt can go from saturated, so filthy, sweaty mess, yeah. which I'm always in, to dry in six minutes. Wow. I obviously tested that immediately because yeah. I love to test numbers. And it worked. It pretty much worked. So it's like sodden. It was sodden from a really hard, yeah, from a yeah. really hard session. I'm, I'm a, a really sweaty animal <laughs> when after I run, so I'm the, like I'm a good test case. And it, within six minutes, it was, it was, as close, in you just sat down and close you, to dry. You, I kept it on. Yeah. In I was in a hotel room yeah. and I just waited. I took, got the clock on and in six minutes. In six minutes, it was almost dry. I've tested it again subsequently at home on a slightly longer run, and it took a little bit longer, but it's it is fast. And have you I, had you washed it since? And it's no, it's no, I don't wash it anymore. I just <laughs> it's fine because it's you know it keeps drying itself. It doesn't. It still smells. Right. It, they haven't got that bit. They, right. need to, they fix that bit. But why is that important? I I think that you know as a, particularly if you do ultras or you're doing runs where you want to come in yeah. to an aid station, sit for a bit. You have ten minutes out, and that's one thing that kills you when your core gets cold yeah, sure. with a wet t-shirt, and you don't want to have to keep changing layers. But this you can sit in after after sitting there with your own body heat, it'll be dry and you can go again, leave fresh. It's even just like post, post, post-race when you're faffing around, picking up a bag, doing all that sort of stuff. You, you just get the chill kicks in because you're, you're sweaty. Absolutely. It's so quick, isn't it? And yeah. that's, that's one of the worst things about it. There's another thing that they've done, and this is, this is weird magic, and I don't quite understand <laughs> how it works, but it's a, t- it's, a, it's a product called the Meridian, and it's a set of leggings and a top. At the moment, it's only for women, yeah. which is interesting when I tell you what it does. And this has some a peptide in it called antarsin mm-hmm. antarsin you can find it in some kind of body lotions and creams and it reacts with the skin to moisturize the skin i didn't get to try it out but so you so it's like you, you, you wear clothes and you get softer skin okay <laughs> from this 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 peptide that interacts with with the skin and this is a big claim but what i think from a tech point of view what's really fascinating is that this is just the start of mineral-infused fabrics that are going to do more than right. just keep you warm and dry. You know, yeah. they're going to start to do other things. They're looking at whether or not they can, you know, add add salts and all yeah, sorts yeah. of all sorts of things can come from the fabric itself to so replenish. That, that's one to watch. But dear Under Armour, I'm a man. I like to have soft skin too. Me too. <laughs> <Not> like, <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. So please, can we have them? 
and they're out. They're going to be out in twenty uh, later in twenty twenty. Apparently, so there's wow. some future tech coming your way. I think you're right though. The, the bigger news of that is that the things are going to start doing way more than you expect them to do. Yeah, and and in ways that you know you yeah, your gear is going to work harder. But that's good because it will probably cost more. Well, look, we've we've solved the environmental issue and then added a little bit more back into the mix. And we've made sure you've got softer skin. That's all we ever needed, mate. Tick, tick, tick. Thank you so much again for for uh, educating us all in the future of running. No, thank you for having me on. His fingers on a button, his ears to the ground. He's done a bit of googling and he's had a nose around. He's a detective wearing running shoes. We're going to talk about carbon plates again, but fear not, it's not about Nike. It's about Brooks, who had a press event last week where they announced the release of three new shoes. uh, One trail shoe, one kind of tempo running fast shoe, and the most exciting of the three was something called the Hyperion Elite. If you are, yeah, that's that's exactly the right noise to make. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Um, if you are a fan of fast, racy 5K and track session shoes, this is definitely for you. They already have a shoe in their stable called the Hyperion, which I've tested uh, as several of us in the office have, and it's very, very fast. This is even faster because it has a carbon plate in it. It's our colleague Jane went out to to find out about it, and she only ran hundred four. What did she run in it? Four hundred meters, I think. So you know, there's a lot more testing to be done, and we've got a, a whole load of them on the way to the office. What I will say on the on the basis of the spec that was presented is that it costs two hundred and fifty pounds, mm. and it's stated shelf life is fifty to hundred miles. Yeah. Well, we just we touched upon the environmental impact of carbon plates in shoes, but let's talk about. Yeah, it's not easy to. It doesn't no. break down very easily, does let's, it? Let's talk about this cost per run because this is. Yeah. This is. I mean, let's. You know, I kind of mentioned this to the editor in chief, Andy Dixon, on, when I was on my way uh, to the studio, and he said, "Well, if it's at the lower end of that, which is fifty miles, that's not even two marathons." Yeah. Um. I think it's worth pointing out, you, you're probably, unless you're an incredibly lightweight, efficient runner, you're not going to run marathons in them. It is, it is a, a very, very fast race day shoe. And for the, for the most of us, that's going to mean like, you know, you've trained hard for to get your 10K PB and you, you're cracking out your best kit on the day. But I still think that that's a lot of money. Sorry, I think I said £250, actually £240. Right. That's $250 in the US. Got it. Um, but that's that's a lot of money. I mean, yeah. I mean, but it, it's it's not to sort of to to defend Brooks slightly. I mean, it's they're, they're for that that portion now of the shoe market. Aside from the Hoka, that's pretty much on point for pound and and performance, isn't it? It is. Next and percent is the same. You know, it's. It, it'll be interesting to see if these these brands by by all bringing out this kind of stuff manage to kind of batter open that door permanently to the to the higher price point where people just kind of go. Okay, fine. Or whether people go, actually, do you know what? I, th- there is a limit and I'm not going to go above X amount of pounds. Yeah. You know, and I think we're still very much in the in the, the place where anything that starts with a two causes a, a wince of discomfort and slight disbelief. But we shall see. Uh, watch this space. I'm going to report back when we've had them on the feet of a few of us for some meaningful mileage and we'll, we'll let you know what we think of them. Next, I want to talk about Parkrun. Uh, which I've kind of got back into recently. I've I had six months out of, of running or indeed any kind of exercise. So I'm coming back into it gently. 
So I've had some friends drag me out to my local park run, which is Richmond Park in southwest London. Absolutely beautiful one. It's a good one. I've done it the last few weeks. And I was kind of compelled this morning to look up some stats because for the third week in a row, I clocked exactly the same time to the second. Right. Except it just felt like a lot harder work. Right. And I thought, and you know, there are a couple of like sort of lumps and bumps in the course as there are around Richmond Park. So I looked it up, you know, hoping there would be some kind of excuse for, you know, like actually it's actually quite hilly. Turns out it's not. It's <laughs> <laughs> just me. Uh, but I did discover some stats about the uh, the fastest and the the, the hardest park runs in the go. UK. So the the fastest five or the easiest five, depending on which way you want to look at it, are the Victoria Dock. That's the Victoria Dock in London. That's out and out the quickest one to do if you're a bit of a parkrun tourist and you're looking to clock them off and you want a PB head down to the capital uh, followed by another London one Hackney Marshes and then Worthing and Sussex Pegwell Bay and Kent and the Eden Project in Cornwall make it the top five of the easiest slash the, fastest uh, easiest slash fastest yeah wow. um, if you've been plugging away at Woolacombe Dunes in North Devon and thought bloody Nora this is hard work that's because it's the toughest. Oh, right. Um, I think there were just now just under 600 UK park runs or so. Um, Bushy Park, the original, interestingly, if number one is the easiest and number 600 or whatever is the hardest, Bushy Park ranks at number 41. That's the original one that got it all going. Okay. My one, Richmond Park, ranks at 201. So basically, I just need to get off my bum a bit more, do a bit more training. <laughs> just get faster, mate. Yeah. Indeed. Well, talking of fast park runs... Charlotte Arter at the weekend broke her park run record. Yeah, she did. So, um, you know, congratulations to her. It's another phenomenal time. Yeah, what was it? 15 oh, I don't something? Know. No, 15, 41 or something like it was that. Just an, it was fast enough for me to go, that's mental. And then just, yeah. and then just not, but, you know. I watched a couple of interviews she did, like, just on people's phones and stuff afterwards. And she was just typically kind of chirpy and like, oh, yeah, it was great. You know, just that there was no ego and also no out of breathness. It's just like. How is this happening? Uh, so fast. So yeah, we she, a previous guest. So you know, feel free to dig through the archives and find our chat with uh, with Charlotte and actually with Andy Badley, who's the, the men's holder of the record. We spoke to both of them about running fast five k. So there's a little episode for everyone to look into. Yeah, if you can't actually do it, you might as well listen to people talking about it. Exactly, exactly. Well, mate, thank you very much for the news. No worries. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A big thanks to our guest, Eddie Brocklesby, and to you, of course, for listening. The Runners World podcast was recorded at Number 8 Studios in Soho and is available on Acast, iTunes, and all your favourite podcast apps. If you've enjoyed the episode, please give us a review and remember to tune in next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 